Namaskar, Brother Sudhir. Namaskar. So tell us, um, what got you involved with the Nandamaga and initiation? The first day of 1972 at a retreat in uh, Oklahoma or Kansas. Yeah, I'd, I'd been looking for a yoga group and people told me about Anandamarga and it was it was the cheapest one. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, it was. It was free, um, at least initially. <laughs> and I, I liked the whole idea of personal spiritual growth and social service connecting to the community. So I was on board. So it was meeting my needs for a spiritual community as well, because I I was still at Stanford finishing college, and uh, I I had gone to Los Altos Hills and met a bunch of the Margis, and they just came back from India seeing Baba, and they were just going crazy over you know that experience, and that's kind of what I came for you know, to make contact with people who knew what they were talking about. And how long before you actually met Baba? What was the circumstances? Well, initially, I, you know, had no real feelings about gurus. I had no idea what it was all about. So I think Baba gave me plenty of time to, you know, get up to speed by doing meditation and and so forth for about seven years or six or seven. Wasn't until uh, seventy seven that I actually got to see Baba because almost from when I was initiated, Baba was in jail, and at first. Nobody could see him, you know, except for his personal acharyas, you know. Yeah. Um, but the word the word got back to me that people were going to see him, and when he was still in prison. So, uh, you know, I was fortunate to be in the circumstance of being able to go when pretty much when I wanted to. So I just got on the first plane. Um, and saw him in prison twice, actually. Um, the first the first time um, I was with a couple of other brothers that I can't even remember. I was I was so combination scared, excited, and you know out of my mind. Um, just the whole experience of, of, you know, fighting through the bureaucracy to see Baba in the first place and then finally getting into the cell with him. And, and seeing him um, kind of looking old and weak because he'd been fasting for, so, for years by them. And so... I was, I was the first one to get into the room of the three of us, and I, so I ended up right in front of Baba, 
pretty much face to face, uh, almost as close as you see me now. And um, <laughs> for some reason, I felt that Baba looked weak and frail and like you would you would think of somebody that was very dear to you who needed who needed some support and encouragement. I know it sounds crazy, but I was so new to this whole thing. I didn't even I'd never seen anybody even be around a guru, so I didn't know how to act. So I put my arm around Baba's shoulders because <laughs> it just felt like that was the thing to do. Good night. And I think Baba was just acting for me <laughs> to encourage me to do such a, an outrageous, what later on I would realize was outrageously um, behavior, you know, or something. And then the other brothers started, <laughs> I think, getting annoyed with me for hogging Baba. So I kind of got pushed to Baba's feet. And they were, Baba was talking with them. So I'm looking at Baba's feet going, I guess I could massage Baba's feet. You know, and I just started doing that. I never realized, you know, it was my innocence, my being naive, that as usual, it, it's always saved me in my lifetime. And, and in that situation, it gave me a golden opportunity, which later on I realized was really precious and rare. And Baba told us, um, you know, then when we were all there, Baba said, you are very fortunate. This is a very auspicious day. It, do you know what day it is? And we all go and know Baba. Baba said, it's Shravani Purnima. And of course, we had no idea what that meant. So Baba said, Shravani Purnima is the time when the star Shravana is in closest proximity to the moon. And the, the star Shravana represents the devotee. And of course, the moon represents Parama Purusha or the guru in this case. So, it's, it's the day when it's the day when the devotee comes in closest contact with the guru. And Baba said, I want to give a vani, and I want you to repeat what I say. And three times he said, let all my loving children be loved by all good people of the universe. Beautiful. 
Yeah, it's one of the most beautiful vanis I ever heard. And so we repeated that after him until we thought we could remember it. And then Baba just gave us kind of this the sign. He he started giving us candy. <laughs> Cause he would always give us give his visitors hard candies. <laughs> so we've got we're walking out of the cell holding these candies melting in our hand and trying not to forget what Baba just told us. And the Dada, who was there waiting for us, Baba's personal assistant, heard, we told him, we were excited, we told him, Baba gave a vani, and he got real excited. He said, we got to go straight to Baba's quarters and, you know, type this up before anything gets lost. So that... We went straight to the house where Baba was living before, right before he got sent to jail. And uh, we got the tour of Baba's room, you know, and it was everything about Baba except Baba himself being there. And see his, his cane, his shoes, you know, his bed, his living quarters and even ate some of his food I guess <laughs> they were giving us uh, food while they somebody was busy with an old typewriter typing up the message for the Margies so that was in Patna um, in uh, just months before Baba was released from prison. And so in a way, I mean, we were so fortunate. I was so fortunate to see him in those circumstances, one-on-one, -on -one, you know, very, very close and very accessible. Because as soon as he got out of prison, of course, he had VSS guards keeping people away from him. He had so many people wanting to see see him and be gets any kind of personal contact with him. So Baba really, really gave us a beautiful, beautiful present. What was your next contact with him? Uh, it it was a couple of years later. Um, I'm not sure. I went to India 15 times to see Baba, and every time was different. And sometimes there was only light contact that I, I had. I was in a crowd of Margis, you know, everybody kind of fighting to get, a, get closer and get a good look at Baba. But sometimes I was extremely lucky. I'll tell about one of those times where I think it was... When did Prabhat Sangeet first, Baba first came out with the first songs? 1981, I think. Yeah, the early 80s. Yeah. So I had been to India um, 
once or twice already at that point. And normally you went to India, if, if you went, you went with other margis and, and usually some, some data would, Jitishwarananda was almost the only data at first would be your tour guide, so to speak, and, and usher you around India, uh, make sure you were fed and had a place to stay and so forth. Anyway, this particular time, something came into my mind and my heart that I needed to go to India. There was no, usually there was some circumstance Baba would create to bring you to to him, like reporting or Dharma Shmiksha or some some event, some excuse to go and see him. In this case, there was no real excuse other than just this strong feeling I, I needed to go and I went by myself. And so I got to Calcutta and the daughters there told me, Baba is in a small place called Deogar. And it's, um, I, I forget where it is, um, um, somewhere in Bengal, I think. But um, so I took a train there. And when I got there, I realized that it was like a, a shrine. I mean, it was full of temples, you know, temples to Shiva. And it, then it, I was staying at a small hotel and the people there told me this, the whole town is dedicated to the worship of Shiva. So the Ananamarga uh, Jagrati was just outside of town. So I, the next day I walked, walked to the Jagrati. Actually it was a compound where there was Baba's quarters and a few other buildings and and all these margis were there. And as soon as I started talking to them, I realized that almost all of them were Jamalpur margis, meaning these were the first people that Baba had contact with and who he told that he was creating his organization. These were the people that the story goes, he, he brought them together and they didn't realize that he had so many people that he had been teaching and initiating and guiding in, on the spiritual path. And he, these were the first people that understood from Baba that he was creating an organization for the whole world, not just for Jamalpur. And these were the people that were like Vrindavan Margis, meaning they were people who knew Baba as family, as a close friend, like Krishna. You know, they were, they were like gopis, you know, and that was their relationship with Baba. It wasn't organizational, it was purely devotional. And they were all there because I guess Jamalpur wasn't that far from Deogar. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm hanging out with these guys and they're all singing bhajans the whole time. And it's like a family reunion. 
and Bob is the head of the family. And that's how they, that's how they saw him. And within that compound, it's just like a small world filled with bliss. So the, I don't know, I think it was the first, second morning I was there. The Margies were gathered around Baba's quarters and they were all singing the usual, like Tagore, Bajans, and, you know, what they usually sang. And Baba came out and instead of going for his walk within the compound area, he stopped and some of the acharyas and everybody got quiet and some of the daughters there started singing a song that nobody knew and it was bone du hey it was baba's first prabhat sangeet he had just taught it to them that morning wow and so i was there you know and baba I, the only person between me and Baba was uh, Ramananda, Baba's PA. <laughs> I actually had brought a mini cassette recorder and I was hiding it behind Ramananda's back and recording Baba. And Baba was singing Bondu Hey back to the Acharyas, correcting some mistakes that they were making in singing it. So I got to I got to hear Baba sing his first song. Do you still have the recording? I know everybody wants to know. I do not. I um, I gave a copy to two people: Vinay, who's no longer with us, and Arun in Denver. And I I don't know if I. I've asked Arun to try to find it. He doesn't know where his copy is, and I don't. I can't find mine. I've moved so many times; it got lost. You would think that would be the one thing I would not lose, but who knows? It may resurface. Yeah. But at any rate, so that the rest of this story goes. Um, so every morning. Well, actually, that evening, Baba's habit was to walk in the compound, his morning field walk and his evening field walk. And in the evening, he would just walk back and forth while all the Margis were, um, uh, you know, waiting for him and, and singing. And so they would be singing their favorite Krishna bhajans, you know, because to, to them, they were... He was there, Krishna. And then he would sit. And so he finished his walk and he came and he sat down in front of the Margis. And we all sitting in a kind of a big semicircle around him. And Baba, and then the Margis started singing these bhajans again. And Baba stopped them and he said, I don't want to hear any songs except for my songs. But first, you know, more sweetly, he said, do you like my songs? <laughs> and of course, we all go, yes, Baba, we, we love them. <laughs> so he, he says, well, then please sing them for me. 
So at the, by that time, you know, the most of them had learned, had been taught by the dadas that Baba was teaching his songs to. And so they were singing Bonduhe and the first few songs. And by that time, Baba was up to the fifth, fifth, his fifth song. And he told his assistants, um, I want to know if people, my, my children, my outside of India, Margis, like my songs as well. So please teach anyone from outside of India who's here. My, you know, the fifth song. And that's, that's the song he, he asked them to teach us. At that point in time, there was four of us. Everyone else was Indian from India, but there was one sister from Finland, two other Americans and myself. I can't remember anybody's names. I can't remember my own name anymore. Huh. And so um, we were all taught this song. And we, so we were to be ready to sing to Baba the, that evening when he finished field walk. That evening, Baba did not even go on field walk. So there was no chance to sing the song to him. And the next morning, the sister from Finland had to leave. Her, her reservations were set, and, and she had to get on her train and leave. So that left the three of us for that night. So that night came, and Baba went on field walk, but it, we learned that Baba was not feeling well, and so he did not sit. So the next morning, the two other Americans had to leave and so they got on a train and left I think you can see where this is heading mm. so that evening Baba finally he did his field walk and then he sat for to you know hear his songs I was the only one left mm. who wasn't from India and so Baba said well please please have Western Margie's um, sing, sing for me. So it was just me. And I was the most nervous person on the planet in that moment, you know. <laughs> I, just, I didn't consider myself a singer. I didn't think I had a good voice. I, didn't, I wasn't a musician, no, nothing like that. I'm a visual artist, you know. <laughs> but for some reason, I ended up there standing in front of Baba, surrounded by all of these these gopis from Vrindavan. And Sage Baba. And, uh, 
very moving. I got through the first line or so of this song. And <laughs> what I called the glee club, the, the Acharyas who, who Baba was teaching his songs to, they, they rushed in <laughs> to kind of cover up my, my uh, shaking voice. And, you know, we finished singing Baba's song to him. And that, um, I was, after that, I mean, I was just floating somewhere in the, and I, the Jamalpur Martis were all in getting ready to leave because Baba was making preparations to leave and they were all inviting me to go visit Baba, the Baba, the tiger's grave and everything. They were gonna show me around, give me a personal tour of Jamalpur. And I said, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be there. But on the day that Baba was getting ready to depart, I said to Baba, um, Baba, you know, I'm I'm leaving for America, and he said, "Oh, you're leaving so soon." <laughs> he, he said it in such a way that I felt like I, there was no way I could leave him. It was just unbearable to to leave him, and. Um, so he said, you know, come and come again and again. And um, so I namaskar Baba and then right then and there, I decided to throw my plans away and follow him to Ananagar. I learned he was going to Ananagar. And so we went there and, you know, that's another story, but um, so that that was my um, <laughs> my Prabhat Sangeet experience. Right, and um, tell us about the drama around you getting Makavita Sadhana. The process itself was pretty straightforward. Just go to India and, and wait for Baba to call you. There was a small drama around that, but the actual personal drama happened years before that, or a year at least. No, several years, I guess, because uh, uh, Microvitasan, I believe, was like happening for me in 70, uh, I mean, 86. But years before that, Baba invited artists to any Margi artist in the world to come and decorate his house in Lake Gardens. In other words, paint murals on his building. And so, you know, the, for any excuse, I would drop everything and go. So I went, uh, I brought paint with me, brushes, everything, because I knew, I knew I would have a hard time trying to find those things there. So I got to Lake Gardens and, and you know, I was waiting for the 
you know, for Baba to, I'm asking Baba's PA, do you know what I'm supposed to do? And he said, no, Baba will tell. So I was waiting with the other Margies for days. Baba would come out, leave for Namaskar to everybody and leave for a field walk. And there was no opportunity to, to ask him. Finally, um, Baba, Baba would, his habit was to walk around the house sometimes and he would inspect the plants and he would tell daughters and deities how to take care of certain plants and talk about them on his round around the building until he got to the car and went for a field walk. And um, so one day um, I heard my name being called <clears throat> and so Baba was up standing on the porch in front of where the uh, his museum was, the door to the museum. And he was standing there. Um, oh, and I should say that <laughs> a day or two before, I had asked his Dada Ramananda is PA. Um, I would I would like to paint the inside of the Dharma Chakra Hall. <laughs> see if see if it's okay with Baba that I I I do that. And he said, "Well, I don't know, but I'll see what what I can do." So then, when I'm standing on the porch with Baba, he's saying. He's pointing at the walls there around the door and saying, this is, this is what I want you to paint. And I know it's crazy. I think people who've been near Baba can relate to this, that you lose your mind <laughs> and you say the stupid, you think the stupidest things in your mind. And I'm thinking, but Baba, I wanted, I wanted the, the Dharma Chakra Hall which was right through this doorway. But I didn't say that, of course. I said, yes, Baba. So then Baba starts walking and we're walking and I'm side by side with Baba. We're walking through the Dharma Chakra Hall. And Baba says to me, it would not be appropriate to paint the walls of the Dharma Chakra Hall. You follow? just so so kind of him very touching to acknowledge my my desire and to explain to me why it wasn't okay this was before someone had lettered the sanskrit shlokas that surround the that are painted on the walls of that later on were painted on the walls of the, the his Dharma Chakra Hall in his house. And he knew, of course, that that's what the plan was. So, um, so I spent the next, better part of the next few weeks uh, working on the, what I painted on the walls of his house. It was just scenes of 
people meditating, people chanting, dancing, kirtan, and, and so forth. And I, I covered the walls with the, my murals. Meanwhile, I'd been sleeping on the roof of the Jagrati at uh, Jopur Park, and it was winter and it was cold and wet, and so I developed bronchitis. So I could barely stand up. I, I was so weak and sick, but I never said anything about it. I just went to Baba's house every day to paint. And I, <laughs> I just somehow found the strength to do painting and, uh, and remain standing long enough to do it. But I was sick basically the whole time. And I think that's being close to Baba is what really was happening. All my sanskaras were ripening in a hurry. Mm. But during those days, they would bring leftovers from Baba's lunch, you know, and I would get to have Baba's prasad pretty much every day for lunch. And Baba would come out sometimes during the day. I had full access to that patio. In fact, they said I could go anywhere on the grounds except Baba's room. And so sometimes Baba came out for to talk to uh, the deity in charge of his plant program. Because at the time, people were bringing plants from all around the world. And Baba would sit with her in his garden I'd be pretending to paint, but actually I'm just watching Baba talking to the deity about the plants, instructing her how to take care of them. And um, the one day, <clears throat> Baba was kind of getting, uh, scolding her. He was putting on his Rudra face and scolding her for because a plant had died or something. And just then, a voice from Amargi that was outside the, the gate came, Baba, Namaskar. And I saw Baba turn, and his face went from <laughs> angry to blissful. And he had the sweetest smile, which the, the brother on the other side of the fence probably, you know, never saw. And he, he you know, gave his Namaskar. And then he turned right around and I went right back to scolding <laughs> and pretending to be angry. So this this was going on for days and, and so forth. And then um, I finished painting the mural. I had, there was no more space left on the wall to cover. <clears throat> so I, I joined the Margies, the crowd of Margies waiting every morning to see Baba off for a field walk and <clears throat> I kept waiting for Baba basically hoping that he would come and say something about the mural and just a little background I had always been considered an artist and 
people always told me, oh, you're so talented and so forth. But inside, I never felt like I was really an artist. I never believed that I had enough talent or so forth and so on. And then when I got into Anandamarga, all of the energy was directed in terms of service at things like starting a school, starting a home, doing disaster relief, all of these things that were, you know, anything but but art. Baba had created a program within Anandamarga, R.U. Rawa, for artists. And I knew that, you know, I, intellectually, I knew that it was okay to be an artist and Baba held artists in high regard. But internally, I, I felt like uh, I had an inferiority complex about it, you know, and I wasn't at all sure that it was okay to do art and spend time with it rather than doing other kinds of service. Finally, uh, one morning came when I was, um, my reservation to fly home was coming soon, like the next day or so. And I was getting desperate, you know, and I was even thinking I would force the issue. So I fought my way to the, in the midst of all this crowd of Margies, right up to the door of Baba's car. So I get a chance finally to say, Baba, what do you think of my mural? So I'm being pressed against the car by all these Margies crowding in there. And then I hear my name being called <laughs> from the porch where I painted. And the more and more desperate, they were saying, Sudair, where is Sudair? And I'm like being, I'm trapped in this crowd. I'm just like fighting my way through a sea of Margie's to the port to get close to Baba, literally. I finally make it up to the porch and Baba's standing there looking, looking up at the murals. And he goes, very good, very good. <laughs> they were actually pretty awful, but it just felt great to hear that Baba say that. It felt even better when he, he turned to me. And he said, I think you will do more of this in the future. And it wasn't a question. It was a statement. Hmm. Very affirming. And, you know, my, my father telling me, it's okay to be you. It's okay to do what you were born to do. Hmm. It's what every child wants to hear from their parent. And very seldom happens, really. So I felt like I got permission straight from the top to do what I really in my heart wanted to do. And it was right around then that I began, I began to take myself seriously as an artist and, uh, you know, to try to develop the 
the gift that I was given from birth. Um, and to this day, I still feel like it's one of the greatest gifts that Baba gave me was being able to express my how I feel and about everything and how I how I see the world through my art and share that and I and I finally woke up to the fact that other people were inspired by it and so it is a service <laughs> what do you know Baba was right when he described art as one of the you know the the most beautiful forms of service because it it totally gets by the all the defenses of the intellect and goes straight to the heart and reaches people of no matter what their beliefs are no matter what what their circumstances are that art done with love reaches the, uh, the heart and inspires people. It's like, you know, it's a great gift that I was given. Yes, it is. So, that's not quite the end of that story. Baba, then I got, the next morning, um, Baba, I was called over together with Baba's personal assistant to, you know, and Baba Baba said, well, at that point in time, Baba was having garden parties where he would lead maybe a dozen Margies uh, lucky enough to be, get into one of his garden parties around his garden and and talk about the plants and, and things. And he said, um, to Ramananda, please put put this brother um, in the next garden party, which was a week from from that day. And in, internally, first of all, I my ticket to leave India. I'm still very sick, and I really, really was wanting to be home. And and here I was standing in front of Baba. And in my mind, I was going, Baba, I don't want to see you with a bunch of other people. I want to, I want to be alone with you. And a part of my mind is going, Are you nuts? Are you nuts? I'm, I'm telling Baba that I, I don't have time for his garden party. I'm, you know, like part of me is going nuts, but it's like I've never felt stronger about anything in my life. That my my personal desire was to see him by myself. And so, Baba just he thought he looked like he was in thought for what seemed like a long time, probably no more than a minute. And finally, he turns to Ramananda and he says, well, I want you to show the museum around. I want you to personally show the museum to this this brother. 
and my heart just sank. I just felt like I'd ruined the chance of a lifetime to be with Baba. And I, uh, I just, I just went and Baba said, you know, you, you'll, you'll see my museum, you know, and I'm thinking, this is, this, this is what I get for trying to, uh, asking something from Baba, you know, instead of just surrendering to whatever he wants to happen. And I just felt so miserable. And every time, for a long time after that, I felt miserable, like I'd missed a chance. But years later, when I was called for Dharma Shamiksha, and there was really no obstacles at that point put in the way of me seeing Baba alone, I realized that, at least for me personally, Dharma, I mean, uh, Microvita Sadhana is what I, what I meant was the fulfillment of, of my desire. I was with Baba for two and a half hours alone. And there's um, the things that happen between us is, is so personal, I, I can't, I, I, I can't tell it. No. <laughs> but Baba, he gives you every every desire, every real desire, mm. especially any anything to do with being close to the most beloved. Yes, I could see after you came out from getting Microvita Sadhana, I was there with you, how, how affected you were by him. Oh, I, I forgot you were there. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, I was just uh, totally spaced out. And I really, I really, I just couldn't talk to anybody. I didn't. I couldn't be around people, you know. I just had to try to absorb it. Uh, you just want to be alone with Baba. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I didn't want to have to relate to anybody or talk about, you know, usual stuff. I couldn't stand to. But, you know, I just... Uh, I just didn't want to leave where I was. So did you have much trouble so, adjusting when Baba left his body? You know, it's funny. I haven't been back to India. I never went. I I had the opportunity. I could have gone. But to me... 
Baba was inside at that point. I mean, I had, I've, I've always been blessed to have that relationship that I just knew. Um, I knew it wasn't him and his body. That isn't what I related to. I related to the feeling I had always from pretty much from the start. And uh, when he left his body, I still had the feeling. So for me, Baba never left. Hmm. I, it, it just, it wasn't, I didn't need to go see where he had been because he was still there. Yeah. Um, So now you're at Ananda Kanan? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm in my house right next door. I mean, you've lived there for many years, I think. I've known you. Oh, boy. Almost 40. Almost a I, local. I, I, moved here. I moved here in 83. And uh, I was the first Margie to, to live here. Actually, it was me and my son, who was nine or eight, eight at the time when, when we came here, and um, didn't know anybody. weren't weren't any other Margies around, and it just felt like this was where I was supposed <clears throat> supposed to be. So I've been here ever since, and. Uh, Still painting? It was pretty much. Well, <clears throat> in those days, not as much as now. I mean, now I, I try to paint every day if I can. But, you know, I have to divide my time between the responsibilities for Ananda Kanan. Basically, by Ananda Kanan at this point is still just me and one daughter, daughter Krishna Moody Ananda, who's basically, basically his mind is elsewhere. And so my mind is, is on Ananda Kanan, just keeping it alive for when the Margis need it. Okay. Well... Thank you, Sudhir. That was very uh, inspiring and touching, your account of being with Baba. Thank you very much. Any chance to cry about my experiences with Baba <laughs> is a blessing. Yes. All right. Namaskar. Namaskar. Namaskar.